tonight is so practical that you already know what I'm going to say. James chapter 3. Go to James chapter 3, way in the New Testament. I found James a very practical book, right to the point. So James chapter 3, let's look at verse 13. If you could stand for the reading of God's word, that would be wonderful. Look what it says in James 13, it says, Who is a wise man and endoeth with knowledge among you? Let him show out of good conversation his, his works with meekness and of wisdom. But if he have bitter envy and, and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descended not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and evil on every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and of good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this passage of Scripture. Lord, I love this book. Very practical, right to the point. And Lord, and that's the way we should be as Christians, practical people, to the point, Lord. And Lord, tonight we're talking about envy. Oh Lord, may that such thing don't reign in our hearts. May we be content right where we are, trusting and believing in you. And Lord, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> so, we go into our, we kind of went away from our, uh, what do you call that, our themes that we had, we started We'll be going back again because these, these are good thing, things to have. And this one, Lord, I need help. And there's many things that we need help. You can give me a, a thousand titles for me to say, Pastor, what about this? What about this? about this? Yeah, I mean, the Lord laid those ones in my heart so that ones I'm teaching to you. But I believe a lot of other ones that it might not come to my heart, but, you know, uh, you might struggle. I might struggle. We don't know. But there's a lot of help that we need. We need people, don't we? We need help constantly from the Lord. So today is, Lord, I have a problem with envy. Uh, you agree with me that envy is a problem? I, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to share this from my heart because this happened to me. It said, oh, I don't struggle with that. All right. So I'm not an envy, envious person. I'm not. I, I, by nature, I'm not. But, but, all right, doesn't mean that I'm immune to I'm immune to it. It can happen to me. And years ago, this is what happened to me, and I asked the Lord to forgive me because it hit me hard. I didn't realize what would happen until it happened. <laughs> so here's what happened. We went to a, the pastor's son's house. I went there. I was, that was one thing that I did for several years. I used to bake, bake chocolate chip cookies at Christmas time. And I would make a little basket I want to give to church people, you know, just whoever the Lord laid my heart, I would travel to their houses and knock on the door, leave a little box of cookies there. And how we did like a few good amount of times, I lost count. We would stop doing that. I don't know why. Why did we stop doing that? And I went to the pastor Sound's house. Well, that's, I mean, I knew as a deacon in the church, I knew exactly what he made. I went for whatever. But anyway, and I, I would walk in the house. It didn't bother me at all until I walked out and I turned around and looked at the house. And I tell you what, it was like a new dress or a new shirt that came on top of me or a new coat. And my heart was full with envy. And I was like, and I was upset. And 
went home and I began to think in my way home. How could this guy have such a nice house? And my house is so... I was comparing, you know, things with things. And when I got, I got home, I shared this with my wife. You know, I asked the Lord to forgive me. Literally forgive me. Because he's a man, I said, like me, I don't, I'm not an envious person. That was the only time I actually experienced that. But it was not a, a fun thing to experience. But I did experience. So none of us, what I'm trying to say, is immune to that. As humans, we can experience such a thing. And I say, oh, I'm a pastor. I'm going to teach you a message that I never went through. I did experience that. It's not a good place to be. I experienced that. It was ugly. I was like, Lord, I asked the Lord, Lord, help me to be content for what I have. I came back again. After, I mean, praise the Lord for forgiveness, isn't it? Yeah. Praise the Lord. We can go to the throne of grace. The Lord, forgive me. But I did experience that. And I think all of us, if we, if we sincere with ourselves, we, one way or the other, we probably through our lifetime, we have... To, experience envy and I think and I hope if you do if you one of those persons that struggle immensely with that just ask the Lord to help you to be content where you are all right so a couple of things here this message is designed or designed the Lord put in my heart to help you and help me so we don't struggle with envy so what is the feeling of envy because envy is a feeling it just invades your heart and your mind, takes over your thinking. So envy is a one thing what someone else has. That's what envy is. You see it in somebody else's hand, you want it. You desire it. You begin to think differently because you saw it. It's like you have a, people like, I think, I think guys more than ladies, maybe I'm wrong on this, but, you know, is a guy coming down with a, a truck or a car. Not because I want to buy a truck, don't get me wrong with it comes down with the truck, you know, and it goes, I want one. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, you have to be careful with that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> oh, a guy watching his uh, uh, sports, you know, and watching, and those commercials come all the time. Oh, yeah, you know, begin to want. Uh, be content where you are. And trust the Lord. The Lord will give you the desires of your heart in His time. So what is envy? Envy is a... A, uh, envy is a wanting what someone else has. You might see a neighbor with a new car, a co-worker with a new job, a desire, and desire the same for yourself. You even might feel a sense of resentment towards the individual for attaining something you want, but have you, not, you did not achieve yourself. I think that's what I felt. So Jesus came not only to die for our sins, but also to help you and me with the problems of life. You know, God offers you a new life in Christ and with, the, with His power uh, to change you to become a better person. So He wants to transform you to be a better you from the inside out, to be a better you. So envy, I believe, has no part in a Christian life. We should not, we should not experience those things. So we should, I mean, if you do, run to the Lord. So He wants to help you with your envy if you have one or if you are that kind of person. I don't know. But if you struggle with it, or if you experience from time to time, time to time, he wants to, he wants to have you to have your a heart filled full of contentment for the things you have. He wants you to put peace in your heart and great contentment, so that you can live peacefully, uh, peaceful life in this world. Envy is an ingredient for listen to this bitterness, because the desire to have something that others have when we cannot afford it or cannot achieve it, can be a bitter pill to swallow. And they say, it's not fair. 
How could someone have this and I don't have? And it can become a bitter pill and turn into envy and bitterness. So God wants to transform you so that you can be a better you. And, and, and envy is not part of that. So how does God help you with this problem of envy? Let's look at the subject. Lord, I have a problem with envy from several points tonight. So I said, if I don't, I, uh, Pastor, I don't struggle with that. Good. If you don't struggle with envy, good. Take note so you can help somebody else. All right? But if you do, take it in. So the, the number, number one, the problem of envy. We see this in verse 14 and verse 15. Let's look at, look at it. But if you have bitter envy, and, look what it says, and strife in your heart, glory not. See, if you struggle with that, don't glory in those things. Look what it says in verse 16. For where envy and, and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. So let, let me be practical with you tonight. All of us are guilty, one time or another, of experiencing envy. I believe this. In our lifetime, there was some time that we probably dealt with it. It is something that lives deep in the human heart, but there's some... Um, there are some people who really struggle with this problem of envy. Envy is especially a big problem in life, both of believers and unbelievers. We all humans. We all sinners. Some save sinners, some not save sinners. But let me tell you, we all struggle with issues of life, and envy can be one of those. So envy is an issue, listen to this, of the heart. Jesus thought that, he, that purity and godliness come from inside a person and not from external actions. Envy is one of many inward vices of hard attitude that defile a person. And all of us here tonight are very capable of being envious of other, or what others have. Actually, go to Matthew chapter 7 and let's see what God says there uh, about this. Um, uh, 7, 21, 22, and 23. Look what Jesus described here. <clears throat> I wait for you to get there because I already have my verses here, so... And look what he says there in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Look what it says. For more then, out of the heart of men proceeded evil thoughts, adulteries, fornication, murderers, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, and evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. And all these evil things come from within and defile the man. Isn't God said the heart is desperately wicked? You can know it. So envy, letter A, started in the beginning. I said, what do you mean? Let's look at this. Envy was part of the original sin in the beginning in this world. I say, we're going to say, well, Pastor, was the sin of pride? Yes, was there. So pride was a part of it too. But envy was right up there along with it. Both Satan in heaven and even the garden give it to sin of envy as well. So Satan wanted to be like God. He was envious of God. He was prideful. I will, I will, I will, I will. He means the seventh I will of, of Satan. He, he was prideful, but also envious of what God was. He wanted to be like God. All right? So, 
Satan wanted to be like God, and Satan tempted Eve in the garden uh, was, what well, you will be like God. So envy was part of that sin in the beginning uh, in the world, so that it was no wonder why it makes a regular appearance in the various lists of sin in the Bible. For an example, look what it says in Romans 1.29, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornications, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy. Is it interesting what it says right here? In 1 Peter 2, 1 says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and evil and evil speaking. So we see right here about this sin of envy. Let it be. Envy draws you from God. Envy draws away you from God. Jesus asked the people a penetrating question to those who were there to listen to him. It says, How can we believe, we believe, which receive honor, uh, honor of one another and seek not the honor that cometh from God only. So envy draws us away from God because why I say this is with this. If we are content for what we have, is it because we trust in God? We say, Lord, there's people that have far more than I can even imagine. There's a lot of people that have a lot less than what I have. Lord, I'm content where I am. We trust in the Lord. But when we begin to envy what others have, what, what we don't have for whatever reason, guess what? We're not content anymore where God put us. We want more. We want more. We want what they have. We're not trusting the Lord. So envy draws you away from God to look to the, to the praise that comes from other people rather than the praise that comes from God, which is the only praise that really should matter to us as believers. As a result, envy stuns your spiritual growth or our spiritual growth. So listen to Paul's words to believers in, to, Corinth, to the Corinth church. Look, go to 1 Corinthians 3, chapter 3, verse 1. Paul is very clear, and Paul had to be harsh to the Corinthian church because the way they were practicing their Christianity. If you read the book of First and Second Corinthians, you will see that he was pretty harsh with them. Look what it says in verse uh, chapter three. It says, "And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as babes in Christ." So Paul explains itself. He said, "Listen, you guys are saved, but you guys are far from mature. You guys are little babies here." Look what it says here in verse uh, 2. I have fed you with milk and, have, and not with meat. For a hybrid ye have not able to bear it, neither yet no, now ye are able. For ye are yet carnal, for in areas is among you envy. And what it says, in you, between you, is a lot of envy and strife. And divisions, ye are not carnal. Uh, um, I'm sorry. Are ye not carnal and walk as men? So Paul, you can see, he put it right up to them. He say, envy, you guys are dividing yourself and a lot of strife between you because of the envy that goes between you, you guys and the church. That shouldn't be like that. So Paul was very harsh on them. Let us see, envy can make you miserable. Look what it says in Proverbs 14.30. A sound heart is the life of the flesh. Look what it says, but envy is the rottenness of the bones. God is pretty clear. That's what envy does to the human heart. It's like it rottens you to the bone. Not only that envy makes you miserable, not all sin will make you miserable eventually, but envy is miserable right from the start. It is a feeling 
of want what others have that will consume your heart and your mind and you want it. And you become to experience, begin to experience those things. So most other sins provide at least some kind of gratification at the beginning. That is why we, we are tempted to sin. But not envy. Envy makes you miserable all the way through your, from the beginning to the end. When we envy, we fail to praise. Look at me. I went in the house. I took at a good time. I walk out of the house. I look back and hit me right there. And it was not good. Good thing only lasts about an hour. <laughs> only lasts about an hour. But I tell you, it was not good. So uh, envy steals your joy and robs us from God's glory. And that's the big problem. Let it, the envy leads other to other sins. Look what it says in James chapter 3, verse 16. It says, from where envy and strife is, look what it says, there is confusion in every, every evil Work. So envy can be the, the, the door open, so to speak, for other sins. That's what happens. It starts with envy, and before you know, because of this, we begin to do this and this and this, and it goes on. So envy leads to a whole host of other problems and other sins. Envy is the cause of broken many things. So broken relationships, friendships, and all, we can go on and on and on. So uh, letter E, envy is, an ultimate, is ultimately destructive. Look what it says in Job chapter 5, verse 2. It says, For rat killeth the foolish man, and envy slayeth the silly one. You see, this is not an unpopular thing in the Bible. It's throughout the Bible. So the root of envy, listen to this, is a dissatisfied heart. We experience envy when we cannot have what our heart's desires want. And that can be destructive. Now, let me ex explain this to you. A simple definition of envy is this, to want what belongs to someone else. A more, or a more true description of envy is a resentful, dissatisf a resentful, dissatisfied longing for another's possession, position, fortune, achievements, or success. I see this in the workplace on people that purposely try to step on somebody else purposely to try to take their position. And they do what they can. Brother, you've been in the work in the world, in the world, you know how it is. And people try, they connive, they do things, they try to make that person look bad so that person can step aside and they can take that position. I've seen that happen many times. Because they ultimately that's the only thing they see is that and that person stands in the way. So if you want to participate in your original sin that leads to all other sins, if you want to be drawn away from God, if you want to make your, yourself miserable, if you want to open yourself to all sorts of other things or other sins, if you want to live in a way that is ultimately leads to self-destruct and can even keep you from, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, self-destruct, envy is your ticket to, that, that to ride that this, but you don't want to do that. But it is a better way, and God wants to, to help you with the problem with envy. I, I mean, let's put it this way. If you struggle with envy, it's something for you tonight. Take it to heart. If you don't struggle, learn something. Maybe you know somebody, but this is a, a great problem. So envy and jealousy are closely related and sometimes used uh, interchangeable. 
And in the modern Bible translations and these new Bibles, I don't use Bible translations. I use the KJV Bible. But anyway, in the other Bible translation, you don't see the word envy. You see, you see uh, uh, the word um, uh, jealousy. But, uh, you know, we have to be careful with that. That's why I, I love the KJV Bible. It is right there from the original writings right there. So anyway, uh, envy is a reaction to lacking something that another person possesses. Jealousy is a reaction to to the fear or threat of losing something or often someone, uh, someone we possess. So envy is the distress of resentment we feel when others have what we, we have not. Jealousy is the sense of dread or suspicion uh, we feel when, when what we have might be taken away. You see the difference? There's two differences here. So we see the problem of envy. Letter number two, understanding envy. So what is envy uh, exactly envy. So we are seeing that envy is a big problem. We know that. But we need to take something to really, uh, to, we need to take something to really understand this sin before we can learn how to deal with the sin in our lives. First of all, envy and jealousy. We talk about a little bit. Go to Proverbs chapter 27, verse 4. Proverbs 27, verse 4. Look what it says here, what the Lord says for us here about this problem. Well, look what it says. Wrath is cruel, and anger is outrageous. But who is able to stand before envy? You see, it's amazing that the Lord makes that question right there. So first of all, let's talk about the difference between uh, envy and jealousy. Envy and jealousy are similar, and the words are often, like I said, interchangeable, and yet there's still a solid difference between the two. Envy is desiring something that someone else has. We dealt with that. Jealousy is not wanting someone else to take what you have. So envy says, I want what you got. Jealousy says, don't touch what I got. You follow that? It's very practical. Let me repeat that. Envy says, I want what you got. Jealousy says, don't touch what I got. Envy, um, envy is marked by covetousness. Jealousy is marked by possessiveness. Envy makes you resentful. Jealousy makes you territorial. Uh, envy is, is when you, you want to play piano as good as, good as you... As you no, not with you, uh, Chrissy, so don't... Uh, I'm sorry, I just, I just put that in here. So uh, envy is, is when I want to play piano as good as you. Jealousy is when you don't want... Uh, uh, when I don't want you to play the piano as good as me. You understand that? So... Is a difference between the two. Very, very uh, close, but that's how it is. So, number one, God's jealousy. You say, whoa, is God's jealous? Oh, yes, He is. But not the kind of jealousy we're talking about now. Now, just as we learned last week, there are, there are things in which uh, uh, there, are, there are such things as righteous anger. There's also such thing as godly jealousy. So jealousy is not necessarily sin. For an example, God is jealous in a good way. God says in uh, Exodus chapter 34, look what it says, 34 verse 14. For thou shalt worship no other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. So God says to his children, I don't want you to worship no other God. You worship me. Amen. You say, oh, God jealous. That's not right. No, that's a godly jealousy. He wants your total devotion. You see that? So God is, a, is jealous for our worship and affection because our worship and affection rightfully belongs to Him. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19. What? Knowing not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, 
which ye have, have of God, and ye not your own. So the day you got saved, let me explain this to you. The day you got saved, you literally, you give your rights to God. It's not about you anymore, it's about Him. So you become His child, but also His servant. So we think, oh, what about my rights? No, they belong to God. We have to obey what God says. And some people, they, they don't do it that way. I do what I want to do, and God is secondary. No, God is to be number one, and we come number two on the bottom. But they don't see it that way. So, number two, Christian jealousy. Ooh, Christian jealousy, what is that? Well, now, God is not, is not the only one who can exercise godly jealousy. We can also exercise godly jealousy for God. We see this in a, in a, with the psalmist in Psalm 119. Actually, <laughs> go to Psalm 119, verse 36. Let's look at this. Look what it says in Psalm 119, verse 36. You guys there yet? Not yet. <laughs> I'll wait for you. Let's look what it says. Incline my heart unto thy testimonies and not to what? Covetousness. The apostle Paul felt a godly jealousy when he, he visited the city of Athens. We read in uh, Acts chapter 17, verse 16. Look what it says. Now with Paul waited for them at Athens. His spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. You see what happened to Paul? He had a godly jealousy. What's going on here? Listen, don't you cry out sometimes when you see a lot of those people. Listen, we went to see the fireworks in, in his province in Piercefield. We look at it. It was a lot of people. I don't know, three, 4,000 people. I don't know. I don't know how to count. But it was a lot of people there. I don't know. You tell me. Maybe you say it was more than that. I don't know. But let me tell you. I look at those people and your heart cries out. You know why? Because they're, probably most of them are not saved. Any heart, it's just like, wow, they're having all kinds of fun. They're coming out because it's fun, but not for God. Paul felt the same way. So we exercise godly jealousy for God every time we pray the Lord's Prayer. Look what it says in Matthew 6, 9. After this man, therefore pray, Our Father, which I have, heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thou will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, we are praying for we, with a godly jealousy for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. So in that prayer, we are praying for God's name to be honored. For God's kingdom, and, and that will be done on earth. So we are jealous for God's glory and honor. Number three, jealousy for other believers. As Christians, we can also exercise godly, I say, I say godly jealousy for other believers. Paul wrote in, uh, to the Corinthians, look what it says in 2 Corinthians uh, 11 two. For I, I am jealous over you with godly jealousy, Paul says. For I have espoused you to one, to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear least that, that by any means, as the servant beguiled Eve, uh, to, as, uh, so, uh, suddenly, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. But Paul says right here in verse 2, For I am jealous over you with godly... I'm glad he said that. He said godly jealousy. Otherwise we go... Paul, where in the world are you talking about? It says godly jealousy. You see, Paul had a godly jealousy over the church of Corinth. 
He was jealous for them in a good way. He was jealous that they might be led away, away from Christ and away from a pure devotion to Christ. He was jealous. He was so fearful that they wouldn't keep on going to the ways of the world. So, number four, jealousy in marriage. The Song of Solomon, we see this uh, in, in uh, uh, chapter 8, verse 6. It says, look what it says. Set me a seal upon thy heart and seal up thine arm. Uh, for love is strong as death. Jealousy is cruel as the grave. See, uh, so we see another, jealous, another type of jealousy here. Let it be, we see, send for envy and jealousy. So unfortunately, just as we are more familiar with sinful and anger uh, than, than, uh, than righteous anger, so we are more familiar with sinful envy and jealousy than godly jealousy. So what we are always, uh, what are the ways that sinful envy and jealousy manifest themselves? Let me share with you six ways, okay? You ready? Sibling rivalry. Sibling rivalry. Oh, good night. I tell you what. For many, many years, I'm still struggling to this day, and I'm 55 years old. My sisters say, I am the favor. And I tell you what, I said, sisters, I don't know what kind of words I have to use anymore, how I say it, how I'm going to, should I smile, should I get serious, should I, I don't know what else to say. I cannot convince them, and they keep saying, you are the favor. I mean, the way they say it, they say that like they're hurting, you know. I'm like, sister, you know, come on. Uh, but for the longest time, it was always the same thing. Sibling rivalry, it can be painful. How many siblings are jealous of each other? How many are? Oh, you, dad, mom put, bought you a new dress or a new pair of pants. Oh, look at the new shoes. Oh, you got a better car than I got. And they go on and on and on with this. What is that? Envy for one another. That's what it is. I mean, I tell you, we tried with our kids to do the same thing for all of them. But I tell you what, I, we, we did for one, we did for the other, we did for the other. Uh, praise the Lord, Caitlin doesn't have that. <laughs> you don't have no siblings, so you're okay. But anyway, but anyway, but you know, that the, the, it keeps going. But the, even as parents, we try to get the same thing. But somewhere, somehow, they come out with something. It's amazing. So, rivalry, I mean, uh, sibling rivalry. So, look what it says. The Bible uh, lists a long line of brothers and sisters who struggle with sibling ri uh, 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 rivalry. So, look what it says. Cain and Abel. One killed the other. That was brutal. Jacob and Esau. Wow. We know that story. Joseph and his brothers. That was a struggle. Aaron and Miriam were jealous over Moses. Jesus' brothers were, were jealous over Jesus. Can you imagine that? It seemed no one is exempt. Look at that. He's not going to buy, you know, the perfect child. And they go, there, Jesus, you, I was jealous over him. So it has been said, sibling rivalry is inevitable. The only, the only sure way to avoid it is to have one child. I guess. I don't know. I, I, I didn't grow up in one child home. Um, since I remember, it was always my sister. <laughs> my sister Susan was always there. And I remember when the other one came along. I believe I was mad at my mother that day. I was. I did. My mother went to the city for a week and left us home by ourselves to have another child. You know, I was a kid. But anyway, so I, it was just childish things. But anyway, I like... My, I got my sister Susan in the same boat too. We were mad at, at my mom. <laughs> And my mother, like, I remember my mom came home. You want to watch the baby? No, I'm not doing this baby. <laughs> oh, goodness. But anyway. 
So there was, uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so why Joseph's brothers were envy of Joseph? Favoritism is a problem. Parents, more than one child, do not favor any child over I understand. Listen, I'm a father. I have three kids. And believe me, there's always one in your heart that I don't know why, that you love them all. But there's always one that just a special love. Look at Jesus. He had 12 apostles. One of them was more dear than the other ones. Didn't mean that he didn't love the other ones. But here's the thing. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. Don't make sure that they don't know. Because otherwise, they use that against each other. They will use that against each other, and it's not fair. So, it happened in my childhood. And I, mean, I tell you from experience, it's not fair. <laughs> I feel for my sisters. So, uh, where was I? Oh. Uh, number two, professional jealousy. Another common example of sinful uh, uh, envy is what we call professional jealousy. Professional jealousy is when you are envious or, or jealous of someone who does the same type of work as you. Tradesmen, salesmen, doctors, lawyers, preachers, mothers, and any of us can struggle with profession, professional jealousy. You know one thing I always ask the Lord? Believe me, when I go to any meeting, before I get to that meeting, if I'm driving in the car or if before, and I get that building in that building, before any preaching goes on, I always say, Lord, when I listen to the preaching, help me not to criticize in my own mind. Open my heart so I can learn. Because it's easy for a preacher to say, oh, I could preach that message better than you. That is not right. So I always ask the Lord to help me. Lord, when I walk somewhere and somebody's preaching your word, I want to learn as much as anybody else in that thing, in that place. Always because uh, professional jealousy, believe it or not, that's a way of life, being a pastor, right? You speak, many speak for, I don't speak for a living, but many do. You know, I don't want to find myself in that. That's not a place for We are servants of the Lord, and we serve the same God. So we shouldn't be having that stuff. But in a workplace, this happens all the time. For an example, King Saul struggled with professional jealousy when David out, outdid him in the battlefield. And that's, that was the downfall of, of, of Saul. When the woman danced in the street singing, uh, our Saul killed Thousands in David, 10,000. That was the beginning of the fall for David. And look what it says in 1 Samuel 18, 9. It says, And Saul eyed David from that day forward. When he heard that, his evil eye was on David the whole time. Imagine that. He was afraid that David was going to take his place. Number three, comparing and covenanting. Another way that we participate in sinful envy and jealousy is through comparing and coveting. When King Solomon observed the world around him, he wrote this in the book of Ecclesiastes. Look what it says. Ecclesiastes 4.4. Again, I consider all travail in every right work for this, uh, uh, for, uh, I'm sorry, that, that for this a man is envied of his neighbor. This is all vanity and vexations of spirit. You see, Jesus says, you know, envy and what other people have is just vanity. Trust God for what you have. We all fall in this trap of one time or another. Someone says, uh, says these words, once confessed, whatever a friend succeeds, a little something in me dies. One of the problems with comparing and coveting is that you can never 
truly compare yourself to another person. Go look what it says in Proverbs uh, uh, 14.10. It says, The heart knoweth its own bitterness, and a stranger do not intermeddle inter- with his joy. So you can only compare yourself to what you think you know about the other person. You're you really comparing yourself to phantoms in your own mind, not, not, not real persons with real problems that you know nothing about. So comparing is a trap, an illusion. And we waste so much time wishing we could be someone else when that person is probably wishing they could be someone else such as you. <laughs> they might even be wishing that they could be you. Well, that's what the Bible says in Galatians 6, 4. Let every man prove his own work, and then, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. So as someone, someone else says, be yourself, everyone else is taken. <laughs> Isn't that good? Be yourself, everyone, everyone else is taken. Why do I want to be someone else? I am who I am by the grace of God. You know? I try to tell people, don't try to be me. Don't try to be me. This me, you don't want to be this person. Just be yourself. <laughs> I had a young kid I would have sent me the other day. said this. He said to me, I wish I could be like you. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't be me. Just be you, okay? Be you. Stay right there. Be you. Like, oh, you don't understand. No, I understand. Be you. <laughs> so number four, evil thoughts towards others. Sent for envy also manifests itself in evil thoughts towards other people. When you are envious or jealous of someone, you can think some pretty terrible things about others when we envious of what they have. So Proverbs 24, 17 says, Rejoice not when thine enemy falleth, and let not thy heart be glad when he stumble. I was bad. I probably fit in this verse before I got saved. I see somebody hurt, and I was kind of person to say, Hey, are you hurting? Are you dead yet? Oh, I was cold and callous. I was not a nice person sometimes. But I tell you what. <laughs> oh, it said, Pastor, you did that? Yeah, unfortunately. So, rejoice, rejoice not, the Bible says, when your enemy falleth. What did God say about what we should do for our enemies? Pray for them. Is that hard to do? <laughs> it is hard to do. You know, somebody stabs you in the back, and you go, Lord, um, you know, that's not an easy thing to do. Somebody, you know, puts your name to, 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 to the mud, or somebody does you evil, and you find yourself praying for that person. Listen, folks, it's not an easy thing to do. But it is the right thing to do. So don't rejoice when your enemy falleth. Let not thy heart be glad when he stumble. Number five, envy in the lost. A fifth way we can practice sin for envy or jealousy is when we envy wicked people or the lost. The Bible called the lost wicked. We try not to use the name, but that's what the Bible describes. We are, we are, uh, you are trying to live, uh, to live uh, a good life for God, and, and you feel like you are getting nowhere. So lo and behold, you look at the lost people, you begin to envy what they have. Actually, look. What it says in Psalm, go to Psalm 70, 73, verse 2. Somebody in the Bible uh, experienced that. And like, you know what, you are, you are 
in the Lord, grounded in the Lord. You go to church in Sunday morning, to Sunday school. Go to church in the morning service. You go to church at night. You, you, re, you have friends with God's people. You know, you fellowship with them. You come to Bible study on Wednesday night. You come to, to the uh, uh, open house on Saturday. You involve with the Lord. And, you, you know, then you begin to look at the world, at the, those who are lost. You don't do those things. And you begin to want what they have. Look what the psalmist says. But as for me, verse 2, my feet were most gone. My steps had well slept, uh, a night slept. Look what it says. For I was envious. Look what it says. Or at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. So we see them. They don't go to church. They don't care about God. You know, they don't do nothing godly. And you look at them, they have big houses, big boats, take vacations all the time, live like they don't have any problems, and be careful when we begin to envy that. Because beyond those walls, there is problems. Where there is people, there is problems. Nobody is problem-free. But we think sometimes, only if I had what they have, be content with the things you have here. You see, that's what God wants us to do. So number six, causing others to envy. And then finally, six ways uh, we can sin is in the area of envy and jealousy by causing others to envy us. Can anyone say Christmas letters or letters? And how about Facebook posts? Does anyone have a post, a bad-looking selfie? <laughs> Look about this. We take a several pictures and we pick the best one. <laughs> but I tell you, some people get envy, envious of those things. They do. You know, some people saying, you know, well, it seems like Facebook is all about happy things. Well, you want me to put my pains in there? No way. <laughs> of course I'm going to put happy things in there. You know, everybody, we all know everybody have problems. Of course I'm not going to put my tears in there. No way. But anyway, people, you know, it's like, you know, seem like these people are always happy. No. They just want to put a positive message in there. They don't want to be, they don't want you to think that everything is all joy, you know. We have our problems. But people envy us. The Apostle Paul was very careful about this. Look what he wrote in Galatians chapter 5, verse 26. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. See what Paul says right here? He said, be careful how you do it so you don't cause others to envy what you have or what you are. You know, it's always like, it's like sometimes the most walking on eggshells, so to speak. So, but anyway, anyway, sometimes we don't mean to be, cause envy in anyone, but people do get envious. And you know, wow, what can we do with that? So number three, the solution for envy. We're almost done. The solution for envy. So we looked at the problem of envy. We, we dwelled more deeply into the understanding of envy. Now we deal with the problem of envy in our lives. And let's share, uh, well, let me share with you five ways God can help you to deal with envy. So are you ready? Let's look at it. Number one, well, how do you deal with envy? Confessing my envy as sin. You got to admit, it is sin. Look what it says. Behold, so the ships 
which throw, that's James chapter 3, verse 4, which throw they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small elm, whatsoever the governor listen, listen. So if you struggle with envy, don't deny it. Confess it to the Lord as sin. Lord, I'm envious of my brother. I'm envious of this. and Confess it. Be specific with God. I, I, I learned this this way. When we sin and we know we have done it, be specific with the Lord. So, Lord, this is what I have done. Isn't that what we teach our kids when we raise our children? What did you do? What did you do? What did you do? And, you know, they finally they tell you what they did. And I witnessed this this afternoon in my home with my grandson. The father began to you tell the fool, what, what did you do? And he did. You were not there. So what did, what did, I'm not going to say what he did. But he confessed. He literally confessed exactly what he did. And he said, Vavu, will you forgive me? Of course I forgive you. Well, same thing. You know what? It I, I, I broke my heart. <laughs> but anyway, after, you know what? You know, that's the parents teaching. I already taught mine. They were teaching them. So, you know, he said that. Same thing with the Lord. Be specific with the Lord. He's our heavenly Father. Lord, I done, I've done this, this. I have envy of this thing. Whatever it is, confess it specifically. Number two, let it be. Accept your calling. Number two, accept your calling. The book of Acts says, in Acts 17, 26, And had made one blood, all nations of men, to dwell in, on the face of the earth, and had determined the times before appointed at the bounds of their habitation. So we're going to talk more about this when we discuss self-image. We're going to look at, as one lesson is coming up in a few weeks. But realize that God puts you where you are and give you the gifts you have for a reason. And the sooner you accept your particular calling, instead of always wanting to be someone else, you can leave envy behind and you find, uh, uh, you find all the good things that God can do in you and through you. You see, Lord, this is my abilities. I'm going to do them and use them for your honor and glory. Don't try to be somebody else. Okay? Listen, don't come, tell, don't, don't come go tell this pastor to go teach little kids. I don't have it. I just don't. So I'm not going to try to be the Sunday school teacher. I admire you. Those of you who teach little kids, I really, I ultimately respect you. I don't have that. I experienced that uh, years ago. First Baptist Church, the, the pastors, uh, the teacher didn't show up. No call, no show. We got a kid, a class full of kids. I'm coming out of my class. Brother Barbosa, would you mind teaching those kids over there? Yeah, I guess. What am I going to teach them? Whatever the Lord lays in your heart. I walk in the room, you go, oh, little kids. I felt so awkward. I didn't know what to do. And they were there looking at me. I thought I was a total stranger, stranger to them. But anyway, I just don't have it. So anyway, use what God gives you. Use it for God's glory. So now let us see. Love God and love others. Number three, love God and love others. Jesus called this a great commandment. Look what it says in Matthew 20 37. And Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So if you show love for others, like that's how we learn about not envying what others have. So loving God and neighbor leaves no room for envying. Or jealousy. If our heart is full of love for God and others, there's no room for jealousy and envy. You follow that? If you fill your heart with love all the way to the top, 
for love for God and love for others. That's the whole meaning of life. Then all these things don't come in. There's no space for them. Letter D. Be content in Christ. Be content, be satisfied in Jesus. Learn the way Paul learned this concept he wrote. Go to Philippians chapter 4 and look at verse 10, 11, and 12. We're almost done. I know this is a little longer lesson tonight. We were God's people tonight. You don't mind, right? <laughs> look what it says. Look what Paul says in chapter, Philippians 4 verse 10. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that not now and at the least you care for me had furnished again wherein you were also careful, but he lacked opportunity. For I speak in respect of want. For I have learned. Look what it says. I learned. In whatsoever state I am, therewith to be what? Content. And I know both that how to, to be a base and how to uh, and how and and I know how to abound where uh, everywhere and in every I'm sorry and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry both uh, both to bound and to suffer need. So Paul learned to be content. I think that's the key for the whole thing. If we are content. Where the Lord put us, it content for what we have, there's no space for envious. Like the full love for God, our hearts full of love, all the way to the top, for God and man and people, and also full of contentment. Lord, I might not have a boat, I might not have a mansion, I might not be able to live here and there and go here over there, but Lord, I am content right here where I am. My wife, we've been in San Michael. She knows the island, small little island. And I remember when I was a teenager, why was I think 17? There was an a older gentleman there. We were doing a little study in town, uh, me and my friends. We found this older gentleman. And we asked him, how many towns in the island did you ever went to? He said, none. I've always been here. You man, you've always been here. You never went to the city. No. I don't even know the city. I'll tell you what. You seem pretty content right there. He was not lacking anything. You seem pretty content. He was a farmer. That's what he did. I mean, you know what? That's what we need to learn to be where we are to be content. Paul learned that concept. Letter E, the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit, look what it says, is love and joy, and peace, and long-suffering, gentleness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such it is no law. If we have all these ingredients in our hearts, there's no place for envy. No place at all. So I conclude with this. Envy, envy is a partic particularly nasty problem in the lives of so many people. Envy robs God of His glory, and you of the joy you have for Him. Don't let that happen to you. Like Paul, learn to be content, to be satisfied for what we have and who we are. Don't try to be somebody else. Don't try to live. Listen, folks, life is too short to try to be somebody else. God made you. You are beautiful in His eyes. Be content with that. I am who I am by the grace of God. That's it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, so much for the blessing that we have. We can be content in you. We can have the joy of our salvation. And like Paul, we can learn to 
be content right where we are. Lord, help us to be full of love for you and for others. If we have that, Lord, we have no place, no area in our lives where envy can penetrate. So help us, Lord, with this in Jesus' name. Amen.